Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. KCAA Loma Linda. 1050 AM. 106.5 FM. And now 102.3 FM. California headline news. An investigation continues after gunmen opened fire aboard a Greyhound bus on the 5 freeway near Lebec earlier this morning. CHP Sergeant Brian Penning says one person was killed, five others wounded. I can tell you at this time there's no evidence to indicate that there was terrorism involved or anything like that. Uh, we are still trying to establish a, a motive. The bus driver was able to convince the shooter to get off and he was taken into custody minutes later. There are additional coronavirus cases in California. A man who recently returned from China and his wife in San Benito County and another woman in Santa Clara County. Prior to her arrival, she had spent time in Wuhan. She's been at her family's home since her arrival and has not left the home except to seek medical care. Santa Clara County Public Health Director Dr. Sarah Cody says the risk to the public remains low. The gusty winds have knocked down trees in the south land and made for dangerous driving conditions on the 5 freeway through the grapevine. Temperatures in the low 30s are expected for the next two nights. Steve Clawson, California News. Upgrade to the wiper blades trusted by Rainer Zietlow to break world records. Michelin Endurance XD Silicone Wiper Blades are real-world proven for extreme weather performance that lasts two times longer than other blades. The new Michelin Endurance XD Silicone Wiper Blades are only available at Walmart. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes for Hellsberg Diamonds. Okay, the clock's ticking and you still need a gift, but you're not sure where to start. Believe me, I've been there. So here's the game plan. Get the Hillsburg Diamonds, where they have stunning jewelry at great prices and all the no-pressure advice you need to bring home a W. You've got this. Now get out there and win Valentine's Day. Gift a half-carat total weight diamond heart pendant in your choice of white, yellow, or rose gold for just $299.99. A savings of $400. Valentine's Day is Friday, February 14th. Nature Valley brings that satisfying crunch that gets your family going again with real delicious honey and whole grain oats. So get out here. Nature Valley Oats and Honey Crunchy Bars. The original crunch. This is an NBC News Radio special report. The impeachment trial. The lead House impeachment manager, Adam Schiff, says senators voting to keep President Trump in office will not be let off the hook. It will be up to the senators to make that final judgment, and the senators will be held accountable for it. Speaking on CBS's Face the Nation, Schiff said GOP senators calling the president's actions inappropriate does not go far enough in what he calls misconduct that undermined our national security as well as that of our ally and threatens the integrity of our elections. Mike Bauer reporting, South Carolina Republican Senator Lindsey Graham says as 
as soon as the voting is done, the Senate Intelligence Committee is going to turn the tables and call the whistleblower and Joe Biden to testify. The idea, Graham says, is to see if the whistleblower worked with House Democrats or is an associate of Biden's. The probe into Biden will look into possible conflicts of interest because of his son's work with a Ukrainian gas company. Phil Hewlett, NBC News Radio. With 60 years of fascinating facts, this is The Man from Yesterday. And back to yesterday we go, back to this time in 1979. Looks like Kurt Russell's portrayal of Elvis Presley is a winner. Big win for ABC TV. Between 1956 and 1969, Elvis Presley made 31 feature films, and almost every one of them made money. What are you going to do with all that money? I'm going to buy me a herd of chorus girls and make them dance on my bed. And from this time in 1963, a daughter is born to Mr. and Mrs. Fred Flintstone on ABC TV. Her name is Pebbles, and she has big blue eyes under long lashes and soft red hair that is tied up in a bone. Boy, oh boy, we never had anything like this when I was a kid. <laughs> Hush up, Barney. Fred, what's the meaning of this? As soon as I find out, I'll let you know. And from this time, February of 1967, Desi Arnaz is going to return to TV, but not as an actor, but as a producer and director of a sitcom called The Mothers-in-Law. It's the story of families living next door to each other. I'm Eve Arden, and this is Kay Ballard. My daughter... Her daughter, huh? ...married her son. My son. And that makes us the mothers-in-law. Yes, that makes us the mothers-in-law. With more at manfromyesterday.com. Hello, health seekers. It's John Harrison with Dolmacha. Looking for green tea powder to add to your hot and cold beverages, smoothies, and shakes? Dolmacha matcha green tea from Japan is a great choice grown on our farms in Kagoshima and Kyoto, Japan, where matcha green tea originated. Dolmacha great tasting, good for you. Dolmacha brand matcha green tea you can use every day for that nice pick-me-up without the jitters of coffee. Try our Dolmacha brand matcha green tea. See for yourself how much you enjoy it. This is John Harrison. Thank you for your time. No matter what it is in life that you want, you gotta go out there and get it. Just don't let it come to a sleeper but a dream. Never give up on your goals, stay focused on you. Focus your view, succeed, cause I'm hoping you do. Keep climbing up the ladder, cause the key to success. Go hard and go home, never settle for less. Life is stress, but we gotta deal with it, homie. Send a prayer to the man to put a shield on it. Work hard for what you get, appreciate what you got. You can always improve, just don't stop. Going for your dream to achieve in your life. What's up, team? This is Robert Porter with I Love San Bernardino County on NBC, KCAA 106.5 FM, 102.3 FM, 10.50 AM, where we will talk politics, culture, and history. I'd like to mention uh, one of our really good sponsors, uh, celebrities over there at 127 Waterman Ave- I mean Waterman, on 40th Street in San Bernardino, and they're having the North End Food, Music, and Arts Festival, February 9th 
12 to 5 p.m. If you're interested in uh, checking out, uh, the, uh, like being a vendor or just coming out and hanging out, um, I'll put the flyer on my own personal page on Facebook, Robert Porter, and also on I Love San Bernardino, uh, both of them. And then uh, I'd also like to mention Brit Beat Entertainment by Nick Harney, and he's a high-end DJing at any wedding or party. Check them out at Brit Beat entertainment.com or Brit Beat on uh, Instagram and he, he he always has a great time at these parties he actually gets the people dancing I've actually been at a wedding where he like he he kind of makes it a, a point that everyone gets out on the dance floor together and he puts the perfect songs out there has the TV screens up I mean just makes it a super big party has the lights and everything so you know give him a call if you uh, ha have a special wedding or event you want to you know have a good DJ for and he he does play the Beatles and Pink Floyd <laughs> nice all right um also, a uh, really cool dude in my book, uh, Brian Davidson for the Fifth Ward of San Bernardino City Council. Um, you can check him out on Brian Davidson on Facebook for more information or BrianDavidson2020.com. And please check him out because uh, he's really got some uh, good ideas. And he, he can be the, the, um, the voice uh, of uh, reason sometimes for me, but other, other times I don't agree, but he's still a good guy. So that's what uh, it's all about, studying these candidates and see who's best because there's a lot of candidates over there in the fifth ward. All right, uh, today we got a, um, a really cool uh, lineup today. Uh, we're missing Carmel Rowe, but she should be here soon. We have Al Albert from uh, Funnel Cake Fridays. We got uh, Councilman Juan Figueroa from San Bernardino's uh, Third Ward and a candidate as well. And uh, the good old Scott Olson over there. Um, I'd like to um, uh, everyone to say a little prayer for uh, um, Oliver. Uh, he kind of uh, had a little uh, car accident. Um, on the oh, way over no. here today, so he—it's he, not serious at all. But it—it's it, always serious when your car gets hurt and you gotta pay to get that stuff fixed or and do the insurance and all that. So he and will be back next week, and we'll, we miss you very much, dude. And he's looking into some new sponsors, so we'll see what's up with that. And uh, in a little bit, we'll be uh, doing the um, San Bernardino—you uh, know—San Bernardino County history tidbit, and that will be sponsored by Juan Figueroa for the Third Ward of San Bernardino. Thank you very much, sir. We appreciate that, and uh, you know, helping get our history out is super important. And you can always find more history on uh, Robert Porter's uh, 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 Facebook page, and then I also post all these just history on San Bernardino City and County History page on uh, Facebook, and we put a lot of stuff on there. So. Colton, if I haven't everybody. already, send me an invite on that one. I'm not sure if I've got that. Yeah, it's a, it's a good spot to go if you're not a part of I Love San Bernardino exclamation points or I Love San Bernardino page. Like, that's just for history, and I don't, like, you know, put all the other stuff. So it kind of like uh, no, I, lo I love some people just want to talk about the history or just remember the history. So it's uh, pretty good stuff. All right, today we'll... Uh, we, should we should we do the history tidbit real quick so we can have a little talk about that because it, it's kind of interesting. Uh, it's this is chapter three in the book uh, San Bernardino's Bicentennial, 1810 to 2010. Some really cool pictures of old Mayor uh, Pat Morris in here and uh, Rabbi Cohn. Nice. Yeah, they they got they got their little spots in here and and a whole uh, thing on the. Um, what they thought San Bernardino should look like by 2020, but we won't even go into that because I don't even know if that model still exists or is even possible. Robert, I want to read that one it, it, real close. Pretty interesting, but uh, I'd like to talk to about Chapter 3. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. This is uh, by uh, John, we John Howard Weeks, a uh, famous reporter, and did a lot of uh, San Bernardino history, a, a great presenter, and uh, one cool dude all around. 
Um, so uh, this is about the city's youth. It's called A Period of Instability, and this is uh, in the 1860s. All right, San Bernardino in the 1860s crawled with gunslingers, swindlers, secessionists, and anarchists. There were riots and gunfights in the streets. There were lynch mobs and public hangings. The intersection of 3rd and D streets was called Whiskey Point because there were saloons on all four corners. Chinatown, near today's Meadowbrook Park, was full of opium parlors and gambling pits. Bull and bear fights were staged for sport and wagering near the corners of 2nd and E streets. San Bernardino's volunteer police force disbanded in 1862, and nobody wanted the job of San Bernardino County Sheriff either. Seven men served short stints between 1860 and 1863. The city actually disincorporated for a few years, 1863 to 1869. During the American Civil War years of that decade, the Union Army became convinced that the lawless populace of San Bernardino represented a greater threat <laughs> to its western supply routes than hostile Indians. In 1861, Major um, H. Charlton visited the town in civilian disguise and reported that it was full of adroit horse thieves and unprincipled desperate men with only very few respectable Americans. The U.S. government dispatched four companies of the 4th Infantry to keep an eye on San Bernardino. <laughs> when those troops came under incessant sniper fire, two Dragoon companies were sent as backup. All right, team. So we'll stop right there. Um, San Bernardino History Tidbit brought to you by Juan Figueroa for the Third Ward. But so seriously, I'm, I mean, we always look at San Bernardino uh, in Los Angeles Time media and uh, some of our local media sometimes, too. And it, it portrays us so bad. But can, seriously, can it get worse than that? I mean, that's some serious... You mean you weren't reading this, our local paper from the last week or two? No, no. Well, I I, even was. nowadays, we're not that bad. So, I mean, we, we, we're not having... Trump, I thought it was the local Trump's news. Not, I'm sorry. Trump's <laughs> not sending the infantry in yet, right? But, but we, always, uh, we always try... I guess when, during your time period, you always think either things are the best or the worst, just depending on how the economy is doing. And unfortunately, our, our economy is not thriving here in San Bernardino. It's sputtering along. Um, we're losing some businesses but gaining others. We, there's lots of potential... But we took such a hard hit in the recession that I don't care even if it has been, um, you know, a, a, about 10 years. It's still, or, or more than 10 years, it's still festering here in San Bernardino. We really haven't got out of that loss. We lost a lot of businesses back then. And to reestablish all that stuff takes time. And then all that vacant housing for all that time, it destroyed a lot of these places, right? So, you know, you leave a house vacant for 10 years. Um, it depends on who is squatting there or whatever. But a lot of times, or even renting it out, they get destroyed and it gets kind of shabby. So um, I, I'm just saying that there, there's reasons why we are where we are today. But it is not as bad as it was in the 1860s, not even close. So, like, when the infantry gets sent in here, then we should worry. But I don't see that right now. And, and there are gunfights in the streets, but our gambling has been um, uh, uh, legalized, and it's done up at Salmon Well now. Um, 
some of the, the, the opium dens, uh, now you just go to the doctor to, to get your prescription. I'm sure there is some uh, illegal stuff, but I'm just saying what they did is they legalized some of this stuff and made it so it's not quite as a, a hurt on uh, the, the area itself. So there's a little bit about our history. Now, uh, I'll start with you, Albert. Uh, did you know that San Bernardino was having the infantry killed in on it in 1860? No, not at all. So it... Do you really think it's as bad as 1860? We disincorporated. Uh, right, right. No, it's not as, well, you know what? It's hard to say, you know? I mean, uh, but do I think it's as bad as 1860? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. No. <laughs> Juan, now, now there was councilmen back then and, and, and uh, mayors and such. Uh, what do you think? Do you think we're as bad as 1860? I, I think overall the United States is a, in a much better place today than, than, than it was many years ago, decades ago, or, or centuries ago. I, I think we definitely are in a much better place. There's definitely room to improve, a lot of room to grow. Uh, but I think overall when you look at the big picture of it all, we are in a much better place than we were decades ago yes we are uh, um it was pretty entertaining and fairly colorful um san bernardino has always had its ups and downs sometimes it's better than others the big thing right now is i hope we're getting over the downswing lately and definitely we need to be on the upswing because you know what going down and trying to compete with that i really hope we don't go there agreed and and j just a little context a little bit further in, in this book there's some interesting stuff and it, it shows a classroom from the i think it was the 1930s and one of the kids doesn't have shoes on so like like we're we're doing a lot better in helping the people in need nowadays we don't have kids at school with no shoes on and so this is a really good book. I, I do enjoy it. Once you get into the, the la later chapters, um, uh, you'll, you'll ha there's a whole chapter by J um, James Ramos, our assemblyman, and uh, he does an excellent job of describing Sam Manuel and what, what, what happened over there and uh, um, the, um, the genocide and stuff. So I, I'm going to read that again some other time. But I thought that since we had a, you know, Juan on here and he is a councilman, I just wanted to give him some hope because, because that, when, you, when you read that, it almost makes you want to laugh. You're like, wow, man, these, everyone really hated San Bernardino way back then. <laughs> I mean, they sent in the infantry, so. That's more like the 4th and 7th Ward. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd, I'd also like to mention that uh, if you'd like to find out uh, more information about uh, Juan Figueroa, you can go to uh, um, www.boatwanfigueroa.com. And thank you for that history tidbit. All right, Albert, how you doing over there today, dude? I'm doing good, buddy. So uh, you hit me up on the the um, the Instagram. Uh, your funnel cake Fridays, correct? Correct, funnel cake Fridays. And uh, I I, I kind of met you the first time over there at uh, San Bernardino Food Fest, but it was like it wasn't named that yet. It was like everyone was trying to come up with a name. I was like, I think I call it Super Taco Night or right. something. And, and it was it was uh, and it was packed. There was right. taco people everywhere at that time. Right, right. So what what gave you that idea? Now you were the one of the ideas. You started that idea, right? Right, right. So uh, what had happened was we were set up actually somewhere else. We we're actually set up at a vacant dirt lot, right? And, um, and so we were there for about a good, I would say, about six months. And it was, it was, I mean, everything was well. Everything was great. We were all uniformed the way we would be set up. And it was just off of Highland, right, just right passing King Tut Liquor Store. And so...
Next thing you know, they gated it up. They closed it up. We said, okay, fine. I said, all right. Everybody's like, well, what are we going to do now? So I reached out to uh, Luis Ojeda, and I told him the situation. And um, he tells me, you know the, what? The same Luis that's running for the third ward of San Bernardino. Correct, correct, correct. Okay. And um, he was telling me that, you know, um, get everybody together, all your vendors, and um, let's let's uh, find another place for them. And he was, and he did. I mean, he was the one that said he wanted to revitalize downtown. And you know, I brought all the vendors there, and I looked at it. I said, you know what, this is going to work. I said uh, it might be slow in the beginning, but if we're consistent, it will work. And you know, in 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 the beginning, he was like all about the vendors. He was telling them, you know what, uh, I've been talking to the city. They've been talking about giving you guys food trucks. And, I mean, this is the stuff that he was feeding to the food vendors, right? And and um, when he started... I kind of knew that wasn't going to happen when Mulva Hill goes down there, the councilman from the 7th Ward, all, like, checking out distances and t- snapping pictures and everything. I knew he was going to tattle on all that. Right, right. right. And um, so we, we, uh, we agreed, and I brought all the... The vendors down over there, we set up on the sidewalk, and everything went great. You know, it was, I promoted it. A lot of vendors promoted it on their page also as well. And, um, you know, you, you, I mean, you're there snapping pictures. I was doing there, live video for was, my love, Sam Rodino. It was really, really nice. You had families, friends. I mean, it was like a community uh, got together. They were walking around trying everybody's food. Um, the vendors were super nice. Right. And like, Everyone was just like kind of hanging out, right? Right, and it was it was really nice. And, and so the, the funnel cake was good too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> funnel cake is great. And then so what happened was, Louis said, "Put the brakes on it. The city don't want you guys here. Um, we're gonna put the ball in their court um, because now, PD. I'm talking to the chief of police. He doesn't want you guys there." So, you know, we played ball, you know, um, we stopped and then I was always pressing him. Hey, are we going to get this going or what? Um, a lot of taco vendors, they were telling me, you know, they got to work and I understand they have to work. And so it was like this one foot in, one foot out. You're going to do it. You're not going to do it. And it, it came to a point to where um, basically he was like, OK, we're going to do it one day a week. Well, that's not going to work for nobody. You know, one day a week, I mean, the average taco vendor or actual vendor spends about a good 1500 to work three days, right? So they spend about 1500 So Friday, so you can't, that's their cost. That's a lot of money, actually. It is. But you got to understand, when you're buying meat to go sell for three days, you they're not going to go back and forth, back and forth. They're just going to buy it all at once. So you have to sell what right, you got. Right, right. Yeah. So they spend about 1500 and so Friday, Saturday is going replenishing their investment. And then Sunday is what they take home. So for, for Luis to say, well, we're only going to work one day. Ain't going to work out. You know, it ain't going to work out for me because I know what I, I invest. And Friday, Saturday, sure enough, goes to making him money. When he, you know, that's when I started noticing that it's all about him. It's all about him. It was there for everybody. When some people will have questions... I would like, all right, question, question, hear them out. But I could tell that 
he didn't want to hear nobody out. It was his way or the highway. I'm going to do this. We are the change is going to do this. And, I, and after a while, I started seeing that. So what I started doing is, you know what? That's a red flag right I don't away. want no part of this. I don't, I, don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to bring my name down, you know? Because I'm for the, I'm telling the vendors, come, you know, come over here, come over here, follow this guy, this guy's great, you know. And then I started seeing another side where I started walking back and I said, you know what, well, maybe, no. You know what, I'll take care of the people myself, we'll go set up somewhere else where we could do it three days. And, um, and I just, you know, just, I just walked from that whole mess and, and um, yeah, so, I mean, we parted ways and, you know, and then I hear other people complaining about, False promises. He, you know, he overpromised people, but he underdelivers. You know, and and that's not that's not a good thing. To that make. sounds like most politicians, <laughs> right there. Well, we don't need another one. I've those. dealt with a lot of local politicians, and Juan, he can back me up on this. Being an elected official, uh, that actually won. If you're a polit- in politics, especially campaign season, don't make promises. No. Don't make promises. If you're wor- if you're in there and, and you're working with people and you're engaged in interacting with them, they're going to know who you are as a person. They're going to see who you are as a person, and they're either going to be comfortable and vote for you, or they're not. And that's true, Scott. You know, when I speak to residents, also, I, I don't, I don't stand at their front door promising them anything. What I do promise them is that I will advocate for certain things and r- always remind them that it isn't a, just a one-person vote. It requires a council majority in order to be able to move things forward. It isn't just, I promise, I promise, I promise. Yeah, because uh, that, that, that eventually uh, will burn your bridge right is. there. Yeah. But and what I do promise is that I will advocate for certain things. But uh, to and, say, and I promise he, that this is going to get I've done. I've noticed one, if he learns new information, too, he, he, he lets it register in there. That's important. Not, right. not, not listening to the other people and saying, I'm just going to do it my way, which yeah. some are and quite notorious for doing. Juan, using the term advocacy, he picked one of my favorite words with a lot of things when you're out in the community. Anybody and everybody can be an activist. You can get up there and be mad and tell everybody how they're wrong. Been there, done that. Ever, I have a reputation for it in the past. But at the same time, way back in 2011 when I first met Juan, if you're going to be an activist, you're never going to get anything done. Activism is not about getting things done. It's about drawing attention to things. If you're going to get involved in the city and you want to help the city, if you cannot become an advocate that is willing to work with everybody, just like you were laying out right there, then quite honestly, step aside and let somebody else get it done. The problem we have in San Bernardino is we have all these adv- activists running around, just like I did 10 years ago, but they never switched it off. And I, when I was up talking to Sandra uh, Abara, I said, Sandra, you've been a great activist for the city. Ca- Councilwoman Abara from the Council- second ward. Yeah, I, I, sorry, I've been a long day. Councilwoman Abara, second ward. I like her. I support her. She knows how to be an activist. But she needs to go from being an activist to an advocate. And it's not easy. I mean, Juan, trust uh, me, he's got a baptism by fire with Sandra Abara. She kicks oh, do. takes names. But she does. Yeah. But she's stubborn as a... Uh, Maybe I am. I don't know. <laughs> She's actually almost more stubborn than me, and that's hard for me to say. <laughs> but it I, does some, take a Sometimes team. you do need that in politics, but other times you don't need it exactly. as much. Exactly. All right. Uh, there is a, there's a few more stuff. So, like, you just had an encounter with the uh, San Bernardino Police Department. Now, I personally, I love the San Bernardino Police Department. I've made a Facebook page because of it, because there are a lot of good guys on there, especially the 11% that live in San Bernardino. Oh, yeah. But sometimes they do uh, um, get put in positions where they can't be on everybody's side. And, right. And uh, so what happened to you well, and your vendors? Or? Well, the thing is that 
you know, um, SBPD, <clears throat> there's a lot of great officers, you know, they actually come over and grab a funnel cake and, and I see them, you know, a um, couple of them on their off duty times and whatnot and trying other tacos and, but it was Friday where I was, uh, you know, wrapping up, you know, I was going home already. I had stopped at the gas station across the street to uh, pump some gas. I looked to the back and I seen, you know, the red and blue lights and, and I said, all right, what's going on over there, right? So I went back and uh, I parked my car. I didn't understand that. And, um, <laughs> and uh, people are running to towards me saying, hey, you know, they're giving tickets, you know, they're, they're giving tickets. The officers are, are, are being um, mean to us. So I go over there and I seen one of the officers in his car. He was writing it, uh, looked like a ticket or a citation. And I asked him, I said, excuse me, I said, are you um, giving citations out? And he looked at me and he goes, he goes, yeah. I go, for what reason? And he's like, uh, because you guys are blocking um, the sidewalk. And I explained to him, well, do you understand that SB 946 legalizes sidewalk vending? And then he looks at me, he goes, no. As soon as he said no, I got my phone, hit the record button, and I started my intro. Hey, guys, this is Albert with Funnel Cake Fridays. This officer right here uh, doesn't think that SB 946 um, is legitimate. Uh, what's your name and badge number? And then on the video, you see him says, he tells me, he's right. He's like, I'll talk to you in a minute. Said, okay. Continue my recording. He gets off the car, and he, he addresses one of the taco vendors. And I'm on video, and the first thing he says was, on video, he says, you know what? You are correct. They could sell on the street. So he hands the lady this paper, and she didn't sign or nothing, but it's a $1,000 fine. And off camera, I stepped away. He had a conversation with her, and the lady was telling me after the conversation that he said, he told her, just go to court. They're going to, you know, they're going to drop it down to $100, and, um, you know, I mean, if you can't pay it, then they could probably make you pay 20%. But the thing is that when I went home, I took a picture of the, the code and, and uh, of the, you know, of the municipal code. It came out to something totally different, something about marijuana. And then he wrote down as a transient vendor. First of all, I looked up transient vendors. It's a vendor who sells merchandise, not even food. So, you know, the code's wrong, and what he wrote is wrong because... We're not transient vendors. We're food vendors. So, so, so what do you think um, should be done to prevent that from continuing occurring? Or, like, do you think... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's making money, so but it, probably not if they're you know what I think dropping down the fine, yeah. you know. Well, you know what? First of all, I think it was it was some type of a scare tactic, you know, and and um, because I mean I think there's because it's popping over there, man. Right. There's people everywhere. I think there's ser there's other serious issues in San Bernardino than 
than, you know, coming down and harass, you know, our local taco vendors, food vendors, you know? I mean, where you have kids, you have families, you have, you know, a place where you could unite everybody together. It's almost a form of discrimination, it seems like. It seems it, like yeah, it. Yeah, it's, but, I don't you know, like I mean, it. You know, Robert, I'm listening to what he's saying. And doesn't this sound amazingly parallel to the whole marijuana issue we've been dealing with and, for and, the last five and they, years? And they, beforehand, they did the same kind of discrimination constantly until we beat them at the polls. That's how you got to do it. You got to get initiative going in the city. You probably could do it if you have enough people. Get an initiative going and legalize this stuff. Everything that, that you think, you know what I'm saying? And get a, maybe even get a lawyer to look into those rules. Right, right. Because yeah. it sounds to me like somebody's trying. It's the same old sour spoiled milk routine that they used on the marijuana people oh yeah yeah this but then they throw that poison pill in there and what it does is it scares and intimidates and the thing is the problem isn't san Bernardino. is sometimes a person who's doing it is somebody who's behind the scenes and never actually takes the hit and you turn around their friends all of a sudden are beating up who they don't like politically like it's their fault and it doesn't have anything to do with people they're building up. They're actually they're, – the false flags – They'd rather tear about, down than build up. Yeah, they're tearing it down, and they're not the, – the disingenuous nature of some of the people in this city for what – like what you went through. I mean, I'm glad I'm not in Juan's suit because this poor guy's got to wait through. He's trying to do the right thing, and he don't even know where he's getting broadsided from. Yeah, man. You see time. some of the mailers on Juan. He's even in the star in seventh right. ward. He didn't even do nothing. He's barely been in seven months. <laughs> <laughs> See a, lo- a lot of the residents, right, that live in that in that area. I mean, some of you know, some of them, you know, I mean, they don't like it, but the majority, I could tell you, they love it. You know, people come down and they're like, "We love you guys here." Um, it, there would not be so many people there if they right, didn't love right. it. Yeah. And the thing is that before before we were actually there, there were syringe needles, homeless people, or drug addicts around that whole area. Um, and when we got there, we put on the lights. That was a whole dark area. Now it's lit up. And and and, and another level, those people, those, it's usually cheaper food, so yeah, they they can afford to actually get something to eat that's hot. Right, right. And this is just the free market at work. Yeah. Uh, but what I would like to ask, also, you know, your opinion: should there be any restrictions on on the food vendors or transient vendors or? whatever you want to call them. Should they be set up in residential areas? Should they be set up in, you know, paint a picture for me as far as what you think should and should not be acceptable? Well, I mean, the uh, if, we're, if we're looking at the SB 946, the legislative, right, um, it says that, you know, um, it categorizes um, sidewalk vendors, you know, either you're in a fixed location, mobile, card, but when you're in a, we're, we're not actually in a residential area, we're in actually in the, commercial part but there is residential and we're about a good 500 feet from them um but where we're at you know you got ihop right there that the owner actually comes down and eats he sets up 24 you know 24 hours the ihop's open denny's open but where we're at you know um i i mean it's right there by two guys right right two guys pizza right and that's that's a whole different issue two guys (laughs) pizza but as far as I mean, restrictions, I mean, I think as long as everybody has their, uh, their certifications, right, like, like, like their um, food card, safety, uh, your uh, food handler's card, your health permit, you know, uh, I think, you know, having some type of knowledge on how to, you know, keep your food cold at the right temperature, how to store it, I think all that's important. Believe me, I think all that's important. Um, as far as, like, 
people setting up any restrictions. I mean, America was 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 built on farmers, right? That's what who we were. You know, people selling their goods out. Because I, I love history. I love looking at the past of the United States, California. Um, I do believe Carl's Jr.'s was a, was a hot dog stand when it started <laughs> out. I mean, yeah. there's got to be a way to go from the bottom to the top. It's well, American dream. You know what? Dream. If, you, if, you, if you look at every restaurant or every fast food chain restaurant, they have old pictures of when they're with their cart. Pushing the cart. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Or out of you know? the kitchen. That's true. And so, like my, like my business... I'm not doing it as a hobby because hobbies don't pay anything. I'm doing it as a business because I want a, a business in San Bernardino. I want, to, I want to have multiple businesses. And like I told everybody, I'm the type of person that if I start my funnel cake business, you know, I'm going to be taco friendly. You best believe I'm going to have taco vendors in front of my parking area, right, um, selling their foods because if I did it, I could help them do it and then have a business in San Bernardino. And then all I ask, if I help you, then you help the next person in line. You know, I mean, you gotta, it, you can't be greedy, you know, you gotta, you gotta wanna bring people up too. And I've, I've always been about helping people out, you know? But and, and, and it's not the rich people starting like, you know, like uh, vending on the sidewalks. They're, they're not, they're actually the ones going there to buy the food. Oh, yeah. So maybe we do need to focus more on uh, making it, uh, easier to do this with without as many restrictions sometimes yeah. it feels like we over regulate things yeah, to the yeah. to the max it, it requires some fine-tuning for yeah. sure and here's the thing is once upon a time marijuana was illegal in the state of california it's now legal okay i i've not somebody i've never smoked marijuana I've uh, never, you, I have should no we roll up a joint there yeah you, you keep trying <laughs> okay and i also admit i've never gone to a taco stand but in both cases the state of california has Created a pathway. Wait, wait. I, I don't even know if I can have you on this show anymore, dude. <laughs> no, no, You've no. never been to a taco stand? No, I have not. That's like a staple food when you live in Mexico, man. We, you need to come with me down to San Felipe. I love San Felipe. Okay. I've been down there a But do this way. Here's the thing is, we created most of our problems with marijuana because of lack of regulation and control. When we have a situation and people complain about the taco stands... It's because Sam Bernardino has dropped. Now you the make ball me want to smoke a joint and get a taco, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, making me hungry. Our city has dropped a ball on setting up an appropriate way to make it work. There, you know, if we've just got to get used to the fact that just because we like it or don't like it or don't do it, I don't do it. But let's face it, state law is state law, and if you want to have something that works for everybody, you got to level the playing field. That works for everybody. I, I do agree, and we in a, and we're not a, doing a, that. A great, a great way to make extra money for our city because we need revenue, and we also could use a permit fees because they make money for the city too. We could start. We actually need to go to these sessions uh, and 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 allow more regular businesses in, in brick and mortar, but also at these farmers market. You make individual permits for the day for these people. Make an area uh, like I, there's taco carts at the sessions. Yeah. Well, you know right, 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 right. With the taco stands, okay? They don't have the money and the cash that the marijuana industry does. They can't hire all the lawyers. Well, if, if they set up outside a session, they do. Well, yeah. Uh, let's put it this way. We know very well that that would a lot of hungry people at that point. Okay? You know, it's, it's one of those things. But here's the thing is, we can sit there and keep creating stupid games like somebody forced that cop. That cop didn't wasn't doing what he wanted to do. Right. He was told, do it or else. He was given an ultimatum, his job, depending on his going there, and 
doing running the game that he did. Okay, that is not going to work in 2020. I don't care what the issue is. And San Bernardino, find out what works, find out where the problems are, and start. Quit with the games. Well, well, you you got you got an advocate here, and uh, you get his uh, email, and I'm sure you can. But he's only one vote, but you can see what he can maybe do. And then also, uh, I'd I'd get a lawyer and and to look into those things more closely. Now I do have to move on to the next uh, subject here, but uh, I, I I want I see this. Okay, I flip on to Facebook, and I see this this shady looking fella um, walking past. A Luis Ojeda sign on the very corner of his video off on the side, lifting it up and taking off with it. So, like, is, is there sign wars or what's going on here? What? <laughs> Robert, um, as you know, I've worked on a few political campaigns. I've put up a lot of signs. I've, I've helped and you I've put up a lot of signs. Literally, probably politically about 10,000 doors. And, in and, multiple and, and cities. you know what? Just stuff for a disclaimer. This guy Scott Olson is one of the best sign guys in this whole area, and he's very smart. And he lets everyone of his friends know you never ever touch a sign. Oh, it's anybody who knows me. Here's the thing: I'm gonna tell you from watching that video, I have only one conclusion: it was staged. It's a fake video. The reason I'm gonna say this is because when you walk up to a door, first of all, you don't go walking across the street all the time from your car. Okay. The second thing that's a dead giveaway on it is. The camera isn't on the front door. When we put a ring, ring thing, we put it on our front door. The whole idea is we want to see who's at our front door taking, you know, the porch pirates. Of course, of okay. course. We don't stick something lining down our side driveway. They put the side driveway camera. They should have a second camera that would have showed it. Okay, the guy walks up past the sign. He walks right over the yard. If you're doing walking for a candidate, I will chew your butt out if I catch you walking across the grass because that's rude. Second of all, he, never walks, up to the, he walks up to the door. And right away, he's gone. Now, that tells me he's not necessarily knocking on doors. When Juan's running a candidate, he wants every person walking for him, including himself, to have FaceTime. It's so, not about so, dropping so paper. So what do you, what do you uh, tell your campaign workers about signs? Definitely not to do something like that. I'd never give any direction or instructions to do something like that. My, my, my whole campaign is focused on, on positive, on what I'm going to be bringing, you know, just informing people that there's an election coming up, knocking on the door, getting somebody to the door to answer it, to provide that literature directly to that person. You don't always get somebody at the door, so you do leave uh, literature at the door. Uh, but, by, but but definitely not. That is not and you don't put it in the mailbox or certain no. things. You and don't that's do. another you don't the put it in the mailbox. The number one thing you don't do you don't touch. is steal a sign off someone's lawn because okay. why? Because then they will vote for that person. You want them to yeah. actually take the sign out themselves and put your sign in its place. Yeah. And here's the thing is, he when he walked up that door, if he's doing a lit drop, which is a piece of like, – we've done it. You know, you and I have done that together. Those, he had no – literature to do a lid drop in his hand he didn't have campaign flyers are bright they're colorful he had white a white notebook paper now interesting online somebody who is not a supporter of wands said that he was going and he was doing voter registration i'm gonna tell you something i've worked on over 30 campaigns if you're a candidate no candidate will ever waste their time on voter registration because they do not, they will never get anywhere. Right, right. So the fact that this guy was walking up, and they looked like voter registration papers in his hand too, turned around three seconds at the door, which means he never knocked, he never talked, he never had anything to drop at the door. He turns around and walks a straight line across the thing to that. And here's a dead giveaway. If you're going to steal signs, 
you don't do it in broad daylight, okay, <laughs> on a busy corner. Remember, you do it at 2 to 3 in the morning re- when nobody's remember, looking. Remember we were putting up signs, it was like 2 in the morning, no, it was like 12 at night, and then we we're finding out through, through like, there are people going behind us and slashing the signs down. Oh, yeah. You, I you, mean, it gets dirty yeah. out there. Yeah, it does. I but mean, it's in the middle of the night. But, not but in Juan is daylight. not a dirty guy it's, like that. He, and so, it's happened to mine as well. So yes, I'm my sure con- it has. Yeah, my conclusion, because the person who walked up to that door did about four or five different things that any trained walker would not do. And if a candidate saw the walker doing it, they'd blow them out in a heartbeat. I have only one conclusion, because if the guy didn't do what a walker does, his walk patterns, everything he did, his behavior – does not look like somebody who's walking for any political candidate. It looks like somebody who was walking up nice, straight up to the door, right across the door thing, right back, grabs a sign, doesn't even look around and all that much to see. He's more worried about taking, knocking over the piece of metal. That's a staged event. So the idea that they're going, first of all, how do they know this guy's connected to Juan? You can't see who it is in the camera. You don't have the license plate number. So this is a staged event. So they can create a crisis and blame Juan for something that quite wait, honestly. Wait, does that never... mean you're doing good? Is that why they're uh, they're trying to smear you so bad? That's a dead or? giveaway I'm that they're that he's doing a really good job because when you got to fake it like that and try to shove it on your little <laughs> I mean, groups like, and all that, do you've they got deserve problems. an Academy Award or or, or a blooper? <laughs> uh, they, they get a Razzie. <laughs> I, I'm focused Actually, on being so, out there so knocking what on is doors. Your, and... what, what are you about, Juan? Then what like? What, what do you see for the future of San Bernardino? Absolutely. would love to continue. To, look, we, we obviously have – there's lots of things that need to be taken care of. Public safety is one, definitely. I, I mean, we, we see it over and over again. We read the articles. Like, there's a lot of murders, man. Yeah. It sucks. So we definitely need to get public safety under control. Growth development in the city is, is top priority as well. You know, downtown, uh, the Carousel Mall area, and that's uh, one area where we're actually starting to make little – we're making – Moves, small moves, but we're moving in, well, in, in a direction. With big money, it takes small moves, and it takes right. a lot of them. Right, absolutely. And but we are moving forward with that. And, and also getting a handle on the homeless issue. The, the homeless issue is completely out of control. It is, uh, at this point, it is a public uh, health hazard at this point, and we definitely need to start doing something. The city can't do it all by itself. Again, it goes back to what we spoke to, the, the aforementioned teamwork. We need to partner up with the other agencies. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details whether it be county, state, or federal agencies, and start taking care of this issue because it is going to get worse. If we and it's more than just shelter. Now. It's a combination of shelter, uh, uh, getting the, health, definitely getting the kids out of, out of the, especially if they're living in cars and stuff. Get, and then also uh, I mean, making I heard sure that, that the mental health uh, is, uh, is available for them because a lot of, like, I see some guys that is, it's like they're, like, talking to themselves in the middle of the street. And I'm like, I'm like, Wow, of course they're going to get arrested. Of course they're going to be causing problems because they're really not all there. Right. And so I don't a, know if it's just <clears throat> drugs alone, man. So when, this when is, a person's not all there and they're not capable to, I guess, uh, make decisions on their own, isn't there like 
you know, institutions that would pick well, them we up. We have so. Patton State Hospital, but like okay. Patton, their Patton, beds are probably to. filled. Patton State Hospital is a state hospital, number one. It's a criminal, criminal. institution. You had to have committed it a crime. It is not a mental health institution. Nope. Also, you have to realize in the state of California, we came up with a wonder idea that it was a violation of a person's rights to force them into a mental health facility. So if they do not want to do it, they don't have to. Well, even though they're not... You know, yeah. Now, you can 5150 somebody if they're a danger to themselves. But to try and put somebody into a placement program where they can be properly medicated and all of that, the challenges in the state of California, there is no way a city has a decent shot at doing anything. Well, I'm not going to let you put down just Cali because this problem is all along oh, no, it's, the it's southern in, United States. It's in yeah. all the major yeah. metropolitan areas. And then also areas. Up, up in Oregon and Washington as well. Mm, correct. Um, and of course, San Francisco, one of the oldest cities in the West, it, it has a huge problem. Well, and there are steps that different d- different government agencies can start taking now to start helping solve the issue. Uh, you know, one of the things that I'm very proud of, of doing is working alongside Assemblymember James Ramos in, in and, and looking at crisis stabilization units, which serves more or less like an urgent care, but for mental health and getting some of those symptoms under control. Uh, you know, I think at the state level, we definitely need to start looking, uh, start reviewing our conservatorship because there's many, there are many families who want to step in and want to take uh, some control over their loved one but just can't simply because the laws what? don't allow them you to got be able to, to work do with James that. Ramos and then the other on, thing is on a very good issue because he's very. We uh, need to seriously start looking at conservatorship yeah, yeah. for families yeah. to be able to is, step in for their loved ones. Wow, cities are not normally, especially San Bernardino, traditionally are not the social service agencies. Social service agencies are normally run by the county. It's the county's responsibility, and we'll tell you, in the city of San Bernardino, I know they're building all sorts of buildings, but when it comes down to actually the county stuff, they've got to step up their game, too. So, okay, okay now, Juan, what, what's a good – I mean, like, I can focus on the bad things, all, and there are some people that that's all – they're like negative Nellies. That, they can't get away from it. I feel sorry for them almost. But, like, what's some positive things? Some positive things? Look, I've only been on the council – Quick math here, about seven months approximately. Since since I've uh, took office, I've, I've been meeting with neighborhood groups. In fact, two of them are have actually started, two new ones rather. One uh, kind of brought back where it kind of went dormant for a little bit and is coming back. Uh, and so I've been very instrumental in helping those groups kind of get started and going. And they're just, they're thriving now. The residents are getting to know each other and growing and getting to solve some of the issues on their streets. Community. Community, definitely. One of the other things, of course, advocating for Lytle Creek Park, which is one of our our local biggest park in the Third Ward, uh, definitely needs a lot of work for the parking, the parking lot, the roof, other, you know, park improvements there as well. One of the other things that I would really love to focus on, and I don't want to go too much into the details because it's not a for sure thing, uh, started the conversation of having a potentially a sportsplex in the Third Ward near Hospitality Lane. I uh, don't want to go too much into the details, but it is, it's looking promising and more to come on that. But it's definitely that's something that I've been working pretty actively on so, to so try like, to get to like come in. So like aimed at a 
everybody in general or <clears throat> families or youth? Or? If you look at Hospitality Lane recently, you've seen a, a bit of a growth, particularly with uh, athletics and, and sports and things Which like that. Which is super important for, Absolutely. I mean, I for think, even adults to be getting into, man. Uh, you, right. you're, you do this. You're on the softball team, right? Or you have a little I softball? I play softball. Yeah. Yes. I, <laughs> who told you that? I don't know. Uh, Ellie Payne. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 over the summer, I, I would just show up. I'm not really even announcing who I was. I would just show up and start playing just... You know, just a regular person playing. Yeah, I did. She said you weren't too bad, and you're a cool dude. Oh so. come on, I was I was really good. What are you, what are you about? She's completely wrong. I was great. Uh, is that one of your favorite sports? I, I I grew up playing baseball. I love baseball. I, I really do. So yeah. you know, that's the kind of politician I like. Not just talk about the baseball game like Al Bundy, you know, seven <laughs> touchdowns in one game. Get out there and play. Hey, really but I, good. I, but I have a question, um, and I just remember this. So. I remember there's this church, right? And it was setting up uh, restrooms and taking people showers. And this, I guess this pastor took it upon himself to build something um, to help out the situation with people that didn't have access to showers, whatnot. I, I found out, I thought it was great. I was, I was blown away. I was like, wow, this is good news. This is stuff that you want to hear. And then I hear that the city shut them down. So, Why? So, 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 so what happened over there is uh, um, it's a known spot for the, the, back to the issue of homelessness, there's a known spot for the homeless to gather and camp. And they camped. And I seen it, I actually, it's D and 13th Street. And I just seen it the other, two days ago. And uh, there was like five homeless people right there, right? And there's, there's, a, there's people in the second ward over there that, that constantly complain about the trash. I mean, it look, sometimes it does look pretty trashed up because you get someone who's kind of uh, uh, not all there in the head, and they, you know, they're throwing their stuff around. They're not they're throwing their trash on the ground. They're just treating it like their own house or whatever. And uh, it kept getting called and kept getting called. And uh, um, the code enforcement was sent over there to shut it down, you know, and, like, he got caught up all in that. And it does suck, and I think we should hold their hand more to get that thing going. I mean, there should be yeah. 30, 40 I, I mobile showers. I heard about that one, and I'm like... They're good guy. He's a good guy. Because let's face it, if you're on the streets, a shower, especially if you're a child, and I heard a lot of kids were getting showers there, too. It was meeting the needs of those, you know, kids. You're a kid, you're going to school, and you don't even have a clean shower? I mean, this is, 2000, this is 2020. Now, granted... Anytime you have a group of people that homeless or that are they're, they're down and out on their luck and they start congregating, you're going to get a problem person in the middle of it. You're going to get a group of problem people. And I, I did, but I did, uh, I've heard some instances where there was problems with uh, with homeless guys over there, and because uh, they're not. Yeah. It goes there. back to what you yeah. were saying earlier. Mental health issues. Yeah, yeah. and right. I, I understand both sides. Like we have, the, we have the resident homeless guy who lives in our area. Um, he he's in a wheelchair. I do feel sorry of him, but we call him the mad pooper because he poops everywhere, and uh, it's just it, it's just disgusting when you go out into your own property and behind the bush there's a poop with a bunch of um, toilet paper. Right. Yeah. And you know, I, I I do feel sorry for the guy. But like, and I've never turned them in, you know, I have them on video. I, I never turned them in or anything like that. But it's just like, it does, you do want your area to be clean. So there, we all do. There, there's a fine line between being compassionate and, uh, and then also like protecting your own neighborhood to look nice. 
Yeah, there's got to be some way we can do both. And I, in these discussions, I run into people over and over again. It's an either-or option. Either we don't want anything or they want – there's got to be a middle ground, all this stuff. Because guess what? We don't have a solution. And like you said, as long as we don't have a solution, I don't care if it's the homeless issue. I don't care if it's the marijuana issue. I don't care if it's the taco vendor issue. S issue after issue in the city, if we don't start working towards workable solutions – there's only so, one so, direction. It's so, one, can, can you call up Petey and say, What's up, Mr. Aguilar? <laughs> hey, seriously, we need to talk more about the homeless issue. Now, I know he does things and he is involved in a few things, but. Right. Like, and I've reached out. I've, yeah, I've reached out to the to congressman. More, like, he's been very helpful with me with with senior housing, and, and that's one thing that I will give him credit for. Yeah. is that he's helped me out with senior housing which, as which far as the homeless help, issue. Which, I think. which some seniors become homeless and they do need help. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, At Congressman Aguilar. And anybody who knows me knows I haven't exactly helped him in his campaigns in the last uh, He's so many not years. so bad. Okay. But here's the thing is, he is congressman. That's the federal level. Federal level is grants and money that rolls downhill from them to these sort of things. But the key turnkey well, on every can, issue here. Can you here, call, call your buddy up Trump in the White House? <laughs> I don't have <laughs> his phone number. And if I did, he'd hang up on me because <laughs> I... You know, <laughs> I have friends who got connections with him, but they ain't gonna give me the phone number because they know better. <laughs> oh man! So uh, we have about five minutes left in the show, and I, I'd like I'd like to end on a positive note. And uh, I, could Albert, do you have something? Uh, wh what do you think that's something good that we could do for the homeless situation here in San Bernardino? I think have a a location, a vacant lot that maybe um, somebody's willing to um, open up and. Have you know porter potties, um, showers, and I mean a place where they could actually you know get clean right, and yes, use a restroom yes. and and give give you know I mean maybe a closet, um, give away food you know bread because I mean clothing I mean, so if they the do get a job opportunity jobs, yeah jobs and help them and help them well. out with some education you know now now you could you could tell the ones that are kind of like you know um, that have mental issues there's there's just some people that are just down on their luck and they're looking for somebody to actually help them rehabilitate them and move back up and for those that have you know mental issues uh, then maybe you know seek the proper um, institutions that will accept them but I think I think by homeless people just squatting around just you know peeing everywhere and and eating out of the trash can I think that's a health issue right there you know yeah, and absolutely is yeah and, oh, and okay I, I, one I, good thing Juan we could do I know you're already trying to do a lot of things but you know, out of the box. Regarding the homelessness issue is really start identifying what is actually causing homelessness because we can't we can't begin to really solve the issue until, until we really understand what is yeah, causing it. They keep it. saying it's the housing issue, it, but it, then I just read a whole article in, in L.A. and it said it's meth. It, some of it yeah. is drugs, some of yeah. it is mental health, some of it is natural disaster, yeah. Yeah. some of it is a loss of job. There are so many different yeah. things that cause homelessness. And, and we do have a heroin problem at, right. at Wildwood Park, and uh, that's what's keeping people down there. Uh, so, so, so find out some more, uh, more data that we can actually use to make these decisions, because that's what politicians like to see. They like to see the data, like to see so the because data equals dollars in the, in the grand scheme of things. All right, uh, Mr. Olson? Well, a, a lot of what he said... I agree with. We have to find a way to deal with it. In a, in, you got to be appropriate about this. Unfortunately, in San Bernardino, as we have over and over again with the homeless situation, down in Seacombe Lake, we had a company or an organization that came in. We dropped a lot of money on that, and after a year, 
they couldn't, I don't know if they couldn't deliver or what the thing was and all of that, but they really didn't, whatever they did, they didn't get it right. And we've got to figure out some way of working with the county, working with state funds. So, so, so working with the different local and state and We've uh, got to make up agencies. our minds. We actually want to work with a problem and solve it. In San Bernardino, we just, we don't do it. So let's get that done. And, I, and, I, and of course, uh, with me, I, I always say, just open up the bathrooms in the park, and then maybe we could use them too. Unfortunately, <laughs> all the plumbing got stolen. <laughs> Anyways, we'll replace that plumbing, and it's probably uh, less money than having uh, this, you know, uh, biological hazardous waste uh, picked up out of our parks. But anyways, um, uh, this is Robert Porter with the I Love San Bernardino County Radio Show, and I'd like to thank everybody for showing up. Thank you. We miss you, Carmel Rowe. Uh, uh, we'll hope you be here next week, and uh, we are out of here. FM and now 102.3 FM.